TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Now you're really doing him a favor if you throw anything but a fastball because he's set up for a fastball now. Throw him a curve, make sure it's out of the zone, down. Yeah. Yeah. 0 2. An 0 2 curveball. And the Indians are back in front. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Dick, Dick Bramer and Jack yeah. Morris on the call. Yeah. Jack Morris, that was a money call. If you throw a curveball, just make sure it's out of the zone. Yep. So three days, all those good things. Oh I sit down and you have to play the most negative thing possible. That's, that's a, just that's not a guy, fair. Manny. Hey, that's, that's not fair, Manny. I'll, I'll, I'll take the. I'll take the. Heat that's not him. fair. I and write that hands. down on Friday. I said two of three. You did. So did I. I know. I said at least two of three. So I was actually very optimistic. Two of three is just fine. I will say that I, I predicted a sweep. Yeah. Mm. I, Oh, shocking, no, Robbie was, was the say, optimist. I never saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> you reset us, Robbie, and then we got to get Judd in on this hypothetical. Well, yeah, I don't need to tell you this, but that voice you hear that wasn't here the first hour, that's Judd Zolgad joining our number two of the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 race. And magic number is 65. Derek Wetmore, Rami Makloff, Manny Hill, other side of the glass. And going off the report from uh, Charlie Walters in the Pioneer Press, Judd, we were talking about... Trade scenarios, trade hypotheticals. And Charlie is is reporting, his sources are saying, that even though they lead the division and they're looking for pitching to help their chances in the second half of the season, they don't have much interest in rental players like the Madison Bumgarners, Will Smiths of the world. They have their sights more set on guys with contractual control beyond the season, like Marcus Stroman and Ken Giles of the Blue Jays, both 28 years old. So the question that I presented to Derek... And to you, the listener, 651-646-8255, or tweet us at SKOR North is this. And this is purely hypothetical. So you're we've body swapped you and Derek Falvey. Upgrade for me. You're sitting in the president's office over at Target Field. Okay. It's cushy, nice, big mahogany desk. Mm-hmm. He has books that are leather bound. They smell like He's wealthy. Exactly, yeah. And you are looking at two trades via text. We haven't gotten to the phone call or FaceTime portion of the relationship it's not that yet. Serious. It's not that serious no. yet. Okay. So you have a text. You have a text from the Blue Jays. You have a text from the Giants. Mm-hmm. Blue Jays are offering you Stroman and Giles. Giants are offering you Bumgarner and Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Both are asking for basically the same package in return. Now you talk to your analytics guys. You talk to your coaches. You look at all your projections, and again, this is hypothetical. I don't know if this is what the analytics projections and coaches would tell you, but in this hypothetical, all of it says your projections say Bumgarner and Smith will help you more this year than Stroman and Giles will, but you have contractual control over Stroman and Giles beyond this year. What do you do, Jack? What do you do? What do do you do, Jack? Um, quiz, hotshot. Okay, guys. Here's why I am out on Toronto. Giles' elbow scares me too much. Yeah, two times now, and and I don't care if you come up with a goofy story about a All Star break massage that went wrong. Not quite sure how that happened. Not quite sure. I want to know, um, but I'm intrigued to think about those two a lot. If if I trust Giles completely, but I don't. Uh, can you elaborate on what they're asking for, please? Oh, that's the beauty of it. Because I need to know now. Now I need. To know if I'm picking the Giants, 
when I'm proceeding on from my end of things, Rami. So you want to know a specific package? It's not yeah. enough for me to tell you that both it's teams price. are asking for essentially the same package. I want to package. know what that price is, though. Oh, interesting. All right. I need to know that. I need to know that price because, in fairness to the Twins, then, if I would pull the trigger on rentals, because I get the the conundrum here. Like, right. there, there's a dilemma right. that I completely get. Um, but the Toronto package just scares me too much. I can't take a bullpen guy who I might get to August 15th and he grabs his elbow again and he's done for the season. I can't do that. Yeah. All right. Um, you guys tell me if this is a realistic package I'm putting together. Again, this is hypothetical. I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air. That could happen. All right. Let's say, uh, Jordan Belazovic, if I'm saying his name right. He's a Belazovic. Heck of a prospect pitcher. All right. Heck of a prospect pitcher. He's, uh, he's your one. He's your number five prospect. I'm not going to put Gratterall in there because I already know when we're talking about guys with injuries, you're not trading Gratterall for a guy with a bum elbow. So I, I won't even go there. Let's make uh, Balazovic. Is that what you said? Is that how I pronounce it, Derek? Uh, actually, in this case, Balaz- your guess is as good Balazovic. as mine, but that is what I have heard. He's good, though. Sure. So he's he's the top pitcher you're sending. Yep. You're also going to give up Wander Javier, your top shortstop prospect. Okay. And uh, let's throw in um, your top outfield prospect. Let me scroll down and get your best outfield prospect. Akil Badu? Akil Badu? But you're just you're looking right past Royce Lewis and uh, Kirloff. Yeah, right? I don't... Because you said best outfield prospect, Kirloff. Yeah. Right. Shortstop prospect, and Lewis. is up, up there as well sure. as far as outfield slash first base prospects goes. But if you're going to give me... If the names that you just gave me are going to the Giants for, for Will Smith and Mad Bum, I think I'm doing that deal. And and again, hey, look, I totally get the team control thing, and what what the Rays did a year ago in the Archer trade now looks completely genius. Yeah, but there does come a point in time too when you have a chance to potentially win a World Series here. Again, I'll say this, you know, not win your division, but when you are looking at a team that potentially is one of let's say three teams or so that can make a World Series run, where I do think that you can have the best of intentions, but outthink yourself. So if I can get two rentals right now that I know flat out are healthy and are going to help me, and the Toronto trade is Stroman, who playoff-wise to me is an unknown, and a reliever who I'm really afraid is going to get hurt again, if you give me the trade that you just did, personally, if I'm Falvey, I'm pulling the trigger with the San Francisco Giants. Hmm. That's a tough one, but but I am not taking a reliever I think is hurt. And there's no way that you could tell me a guy who within a month has had elbow problems twice isn't isn't some type of damage goods. Okay, see I'm fascinated now. So I we'll get to twins. We just watched them take two or three of the weekend against the this Indians. Is what people want, though. I don't know if we put them to bed, but I I'm just too intrigued by this right now in this moment, Judd. We talked about the possibility in the first hour, and I want to get your thoughts on it as the driver of the Bomba bus. Continue your uh, suspended disbelief of the body swap with Derek Falvey. I don't know why that's necessary, Rami, but he said it's part I, of the I wish exercise. I it was Thad, though, because Thad's in, like, really good shape. <laughs> right. I'd be really thin then. I mean, Derek's fine. Slender, he's Derek's got the certainly shoulders. not a fat guy, but Thad, Thad looks like a, a guy who I would say wakes up at five each and every day and gets on a treadmill. Runs, so like, prefer, seven miles. I prefer to swap bodies with Thad right now, but that's okay. So I don't know why it's an important part of the exercise, but it is. We're just going with it. Continue your suspended disbelief here for a moment and... I'm at the trade desk with a a better package even than the Giants deal you just accepted. Okay. Uh, don't know what the package of goods is. Doesn't matter. It's another GM for another team. Got some good assets, but the rub in this one is you got to trade a player on your major league roster right now. Are you open to that possibility? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Luis Arise. Forget about Miguel Sano because I know you traded no, for a pack my of bubble gum. De- but my depth, my depth right now at second and shortstop, going down through through the low minors is so great right now. Yes. So you trade an Arise. You trade a Jonathan would. Scope. I'm guessing you wouldn't trade well, a Polanco. Scope. I don't think I can trade, but I would for sure. Yeah. I would. I would jump through the phone and deliver him personally at that point. Eddie Rosario. No. Okay. Nope. Nope, nope, I'm not trading Buxton, I'm not trading Kepler, I'm not trading Rosario, uh, but I am so deep at second and short right now, going down through what they have currently up here, Gordon, Javier, Lewis, that if you come to me and say, I gotta have Luis Arise, or Luis Arise, thank you, much, much better than me, <laughs> I'm saying absolutely. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Are you? Uh... Well, I got to know the package, obviously, and I just well, right. put you in a tough spot, but, right? But I'm, but if if that was if you were a rival GM and that was your first question, so the trade's not consummated, sure. But your first question was, are you willing to trade? Or, yeah, I'd say nobody's off limits. Luis Arise, including, and, but not limited to Luis Arise, Arise is available. Don't try and do it. Don't try and do it. Just allow our, our voice guy <laughs> as, to do it. As the trade deadline approaches, <laughs> he played it. Meredith from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in the first hour, I so did. he's was, really versatile. Oh, I know he is, but that, he's a talented guy. <laughs> Rami Maklov's a talented chap. Uh, Rami Meredith Maklov. Um, <laughs> so yes, I, I mean am. my middle name isn't much better. It's Francis. So. Francis, yeah, that's better slightly. You ever go by Frank? No. no. Man, there have been a long lineage of bad nicknames for Rami. Francis I'm surprised is good. that didn't jump on there. <laughs> Francis is good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Francis. But yes, yeah, so back to your point. You would I'm trade consider- major league players. Yes. I would consider it too, because much like Thad Levine told us on the Score on Twin Show last week, hey, we owe it to the clubhouse. We owe it to our fans. We owe it to ownership to at least hear out and discuss internally the trade conversation before we say off limits. The Angels GM calls you up and you're taking that phone call. First of all, it's just jumping straight to phone calls. It's not doesn't have to be text. You can just pick up that phone call. I, I trust phones more. Too. I'm curious the, enough. That's right. You don't know who could be texting. Exactly. It could be know. some administrative assistant. Exactly right. Comes back from lunch drunk. <laughs> I don't want that. Hey, you want Mike Trout? And Shohei Otani package that guy could be both. fun in the office. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I want I that guy want around. That guy. I don't want that person <laughs> near a cell phone. Yeah, I just don't. I, yeah. I so, look, I would pick up every phone call. I'd be as, uh, who was it? Was it in The Athletic, the report that said the Indians are, quote, aggressively listening yeah, was, for Trevor yeah, Bauer? Rosenthal I thought it was a Rosenthal. Right? I didn't want yeah, to drop was. the wrong name on it. That was a great line. Aggressively listening. So I would do the same thing. If I'm the Twins, I'm aggressively listening but I have my limits. I, I, we can sure. talk about everybody, literally everybody. We can talk about Byron Buxton. We can talk about Royce Lewis. Maybe not Alex Kirloff, but we can talk about just about anybody in the organization. Just know that the asking price on some of these guys is going to be so far over the moon you can't afford it. I want to go back to the original question that I asked Judd because I don't know if he meant to do it or not, but I feel like he Barry Sanders spun his way out of answering the question. Because, uh, by, no, no, no. By using the Giles injury. By using, well, I'm not doing Toronto's deal. Okay, forget, forget Giles. Let's not put any names on the deal. I have package A. Yep. Package A will help you more this year. Yep. Package B will help you this year. Not as much as package A, but you have contractual control over those guys into the future. And both guys are healthy? Same price for both. Yep. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's good to go. Okay. Same price for both. Here's where I think the tie-up is. You already know, based on your funny algorithms and your computer projection models, package A helps you win the World Series more. 
It already does. You've like played now, it out a billion times. I don't know. The yeah. other one helps you more for the future. Then I do package A. You do package A. I'm trying to win right now. Exactly. That's where I landed. I'm too. trying to win right now. Now, do, do you guys think that Shooter's report in Sunday's Pioneer Press? Do you think that this lays the groundwork for what the Twins' real intention is, or does it lay the groundwork for perhaps the fact that they don't want to make a trade? Because if you say, you know, if you say we will only trade for guys who bring us control, you immediately are saying that we're going to have to give up more than we probably would for rentals, which also says that they might have the best intentions to want to make a trade, but not do, but saying. not do something irresponsible. I, I do, I do think that they are going to be far more torn on a deal than the three of us having this conversation are right now. Oh, sure. We got nothing at stake. We, win or we lose, we're going to do a at, fun show tomorrow. But we also look at them and say, go ahead and attempt to win a World Series. Yeah, they, Their That's thought right. process is always going to be a little bit more guarded, which is, yes, we'd love to win right now, but if we make this trade... It, is it going to impact us adversely in 2022? And I do think that they give that way yep. more thought than the three of us would, or yeah. four of us would. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would I would say that's how I think about it. I think about 2022. And I made fun of myself for being a nerd about that, but like that's how I view baseball. And I told Rami in the first hour that I wouldn't be shocked at all if Derek Fall. Look, I don't know if it's written down on a napkin and stashed in a desk drawer. He doesn't write a napkin. It's dude. probably just on a hard drive somewhere yeah. that's like double password encrypted. It's in his phone. Yeah, but that retina scan and everything. So you can't just crack open the phone sure. as the drunk intern and trade Byron Buxton. But like, I don't know if they have interns who drink because that was just reckless. <laughs> reckless speculation. It's, just, a fun, it's a fun a fly conversation shot. to have. <laughs> so... He's got in his mind somewhere, or on his phone, or wherever he prefers to store information, the 2019 roster as it looks at its best, the 2020 roster at its best, the 2021 roster, the 2022 roster, probably 2023, and I don't know where it ends. Agreed completely. Derek Falvey might just be the guy to fast forward out 10 years and be like, okay, we want to win this World Series, of course, that's going to be the goal, even if it's not explicitly stated. That's the goal. But the goal that Derek Falvey has stated since the day he took the job came here for a press conference in November after the Indians got done with their road to the World Series mm-hmm. was, I endeavor to build a sustainable championship caliber organization. And I think to Rami's point, Derek Falvey might be a little bit more torn than we are in the future consideration move over just win in 2019 at all costs. But I think even when you have that approach, you know when that window opens, you have to strike. With consideration for the future, but now the present takes precedence, doesn't it? It's like Theo Epstein said when they traded for Raldis Chapman. I remember the quote because I remember sitting there and thinking, yes, there is so much, and I'm part of it, but internet baseball nerd culture who's like, Protect the prospects, like prospect hoarders. I call them. You can't yeah. trade. You can't trade. What was the uh, Red Sox trade? Hanley Ramirez, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, wouldn't you rather have those prospects now that you're fast forwarded seven years and they're good players? No, and, Labor Torres, Labor Torres. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, thinking okay. of the Red Sox. But oh, I see. Same okay. example, right? Some people ten years ago might have said something along the lines of like, "You can't give up all that surplus value of Glaber Torres." Like, Aroldis Chapman's just a reliever. To which Theo Epstein basically said, 
Right. We are going to take advantage of our World Series window here. His quote was something to the effect of, opportunities to win a World Series are precious. And, and I agree they took that. advantage of that. But they, they do know that if they're going to attempt to make a trade for two pitchers who remain under their control into 2020, that that price tag goes way up. Yeah, I like think so too. Madbum and Will Smith are going to cost you, and there's going to be bidding among teams for those two, but because of their contractual status, no one's going to give them, I don't think, unless they're really stupid, the complete farm. I think so too. I if think you you're take right. Stroman and Giles, and look, let's go back to your point and say that Giles was fine, mm-hmm. but if you take a package of two protectable players, arbitration players, Ain't nobody going to walk away without one of your top two prospects. Like, there's so. no way. Somebody somebody will make that trade. It I might be you. So. so the point is, is if what Charlie wrote is accurate there. The that price, the Twins the, prefer yeah, the, control. The, the price of poker then is completely different. Yeah, I agree with there's that. There's no parallel there. It's not like, I might take this or that. It is Toronto is going to ask you for, for Lewis or Kirilov. And if you say no on both of them, Toronto is going to trade those guys somewhere else. Sure, yeah. Toronto is, you're shopping at Whole Foods. <laughs> by comparison, the San Firely's Francisco Giants. Firely's sure. back in sure. the day. The by comparison. I thought you were going to say Aldi. <laughs> no, the, the <laughs> Giants offer, and I no disparagement meant to Will Smith, but the Giants offer, by comparison, would be like shopping in our radio kitchenette fridge you before bring, it got cleaned out last You year. bring your own bag. That's right. The Whatever Giants, fits in this box. The, the Giants trade Will Smith. You bag him. You bag him yourself. If you go get Strowman, they put him in, in a doubled bag. You drive up and pick him up. So there's a big difference. There. I've got a little uh, breaking news for you guys before we go to break. And it's right. not huge. Don't need, don't need to, like... Pomp and circumstance oh, our way up down. around this. Play the this. music and let's play it up. All right. Somebody yeah. play the music. Hit this. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, that too. You just got that. <laughs> All right. Breaking news in Major League Baseball. The Boston Red Sox. It is being reported by Jen McCaffrey. The Red Sox have designated Eduardo Nunez for assignment. Hmm. Not sure what's going to happen there. He's not hitting it really? all this year. You're not going to get, like, the twins aren't interested, but I bring it up because he's a former twin. He hit 228 with a 243 on base and no pop. That is before not good. he got DFA'd. So they'll have their whatever seven day window to figure it out. Interestingly, the twins also just DFA'd the guy they got in the You're Eduardo right. Nunez trade, Alberto Mejia in the 2016 trade with the Giants. So I don't know who won. Probably the Giants got more out of Nunez than the twins got out of Mejia. Eduardo Nunez was really good. That year, the Twins traded him. It was amazing. He was playing, he, well, he was an all-star that year, and he I just remember him being really, really good for the Twins. And I don't think he was ever him. like awesome necessarily for the Giants, but that was a, there, was, there you go, a win-now window. They, picked they him up said, we want... For the stretch run, right? Yep, because was Pablo yeah. hurt or... Or just fat? Just fat. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it was. He's probably just fat. I think he was just fat. They ended up plugging in Nunez. I think he played a fair amount of third base, and you wanted to have the flexibility they had Crawford and Panic up the middle. I, I'm not going to declare a trade winner. I'd have to go back and think about that. But just interesting, the Red Sox now DFA'd in the same week that the Twins DFA their trade hall for that swap Alberto Mejia. I'd like to get Judd's thoughts on uh, what transpired in Cleveland over the weekend with the Twins taking two of three and uh, stretching their lead to six and a half games in the AL Central, shrinking the magic number 265. We'll do that next on the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. We're on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. 
My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Drive to right field, hit deep to the gap. Kepler has done it again. His fourth home run in his last five at-bats against Trevor Bauer. Ball A ball. drive to right center field. He gives it a ride back again. Five home runs in his last five against Trevor Bauer. Unbelievable. <laughs> and it is three to nothing. That highlight there on Fox Sports North. That is amazing. That's what it sounds like when Jack Morris laughs in disbelief. And by the way, <laughs> kudos to Trevor Bauer for having a laugh at his own expense. With, did you guys see the tweet that, was great. that yes. he put out oh after that? Oh my gosh. That was amazing. So it was basically a montage. And I can't remember what the text is. Do you have it up, Rami? In I'm front trying of you? to find it right now. The te- is something along the lines of, like, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Right, guys? Yep. Right? <laughs> and he shows the clip of every one of Kepler's bombas off of him and then finishes it up with, like, a little change-up swing and miss strikeout. Over the Rocky yeah, Balboa theme song music. Yeah, he changes it to Rocky. Yeah. He yes. said, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, I think, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Right, guys? <laughs> yeah, good. That is awesome. Hilarious. I have, it, I have mixed feelings about Trevor Bauer you know and his social I saw media it? presence. Well, everybody does. Yeah. You know how I saw it? He was, he was, MLB had shown the highlight. The MLB Twitter account, which is huge, shared Kepler's bomba. Like, wow, you know, incredible stat. Retweet and favorite. And Bauer added MLB and said, hey, guys, don't forget about how this finished or whatever, whatever. Oh, he? So he was not only drumming it up from his own personal account, he was trying to get MLB to retweet that video of him giving why? up five bombas. He can't be trolled if he trolls himself. Exactly That's right. the genius. Exactly Troll right. yourself first. <laughs> right. If you stink at something or are not successful, mock yourself right. because th- then the trolls lose all their power. Yeah. Yep. When I was growing up, people would try fat jokes on me. I'd make all the fat jokes about myself. Take away their power. And then throw a punch at them. <laughs> then I hit him in the jaw. That's really mean. I'm glad it's you the, clarified how you did that. Well, it's, it's the eight mile tactic, right? Yeah, right. Marshall, yeah. Last, yep. The last rap battle in yep. eight miles. Like I'm gonna go up there and talk about myself. Yep. And clown myself so that you have no ammunition. Right. On me. Exactly. He gives him the microphone and he says something like, "Tell them something they don't already know about me." Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> like right. that's Trevor Bauer's tweet. I loved it. We shouldn't shy away from giving credit to Max Kepler though. Like amazing that's incredible statistically think, impossible yep did they say he was the first person to ever do that that's what i heard in one season okay it, it's been done twice before oh. over two seasons yeah but it's never been done by one player against the in pitcher the same year. in the same season yeah, until we, now with kepler we uh Roycey and i little full disclosure Roycey and i taped uh Roycey on baseball this morning coming up at six with, coming up at six talking with uh tim kirkton and tim timmy actually talks about the two other times oh shocking that tim kirkton yeah. had yeah. that fact that, uh, that tim kirkton would know that delgado right, right? amazing yep, Del- delgado was one of them yep so max kepler to get a guy 
to get anybody five times in a row is like mind-blowingly unlikely. But to get a guy like Trevor Bauer, who isn't one of these, um, I'll come up with an egg. Craig Kimbrell, fastball, curveball, fastball, curveball. If he's not throwing the curveball for a strike, all right, you're just timing up the fastball and hope that he throws it in the zone you're looking. I could see getting somebody that has two pitches. But Trevor Bauer has the kitchen sink yep. at his disposal to then still be able to hit home runs five plate appearances in a row in two different five games. Five consecutive times is ridiculous. It's, it's bananas. Congratulations to Max Kepler, but I still I don't get it. It's an anomaly. I don't You're not supposed to get it. You're not supposed to get it. It's what makes baseball fun. You'll all be shocked to learn this. I started doing the math on this this morning to try to figure out the likelihood of this happening. I stopped. I, just, <laughs> I quit. In what really, really? No, just like or what? If if all home runs are independent events, what is the likelihood that you flip heads on this coin five times in a row? And if the coin is like seven, eight percent. It's really, really, really unlikely is the answer. He struck that I came out too, to. though. So I come stopped. on. He struck out that last time, I so stopped. it's no longer impressive. I stopped trying to figure it out halfway through your sentence yeah. of figuring it you out. You know what? It's baseball. Just enjoy it. It's exactly it's right. Weird, it's a weird it's what makes baseball great. It's you know a what? weird game. That's what I ended up at. I, the, the the calculator started spitting out some numbers and I was like, ah, forget it. I let's just have fun with this. As it's Stark, a good story. I start tweets. Baseball. It, well, it just it reminds me so much of when when Kepler hit the fifth home run. It just reminded me so much of Rick Reed versus Jim Tomey over that year and a half. The Twins traded for Rick Reed in the middle of two thousand one, and between that point and through the two thousand two season, Jim Tomey hit nine home runs off of Rick Reed. Hmm. And Matt nine. and Matt lost. Lawton was laughing nine times <laughs> yeah, since probably. he was traded to the Mets for him. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think though, my my biggest takeaway from the weekend series is this. And and I talked about this a lot at the start of the year and sort of haven't talked about it of late at all, but if there's a hallmark that defines this 2019 Twins team beyond just being a good ball club, the resiliency. We saw it on Friday. We saw it on on Sunday. Now, it didn't work, but you're down by three to Bieber in the seventh, and you've won two games. There's a lot of teams saying, we're going to get on the plane. We won two of three. We're fine. Friday, Kyle Gibson, who is struggling, and I do, I think that that this is a concern because he talked about his mechanics not being right after he was the opener against Boston a week ago Sunday, and there's something up there. But the point is, again, you're in the fourth, your starting pitcher comes out, things aren't really going good, it doesn't phase him. And, and what I really like about the resiliency of this team is, in the playoffs, you're going to get punched. You're going to get punched. Yep. Like, you're not going to go in and win seven rep, and something's going to go wrong. Someone's going to get hurt. You're mm-hmm. going to fall behind. Sports happens. And well, and the question then becomes, can you take that punch and punch back? Right. And this Twins team, when they're up against it, like they were on Friday, can take a punch, and they punch back. And I really, I really believe that if you're looking for an intangible key ingredient about this team that separates them from just, hey, it's a nice team, it's that. You spent a lot of time around this club at home this year. Where do you think that comes from? I think it comes from a very veteran locker room that controls things. Cruz. Hmm. Cruz is a, you know what, he doesn't talk a ton. He, he, he clearly talks a lot. But it's not like he's a he spokesman. talk to us a ton, you mean? I've decided this. You know what the key is? And we far too often get confused. We think if a guy talks to us a lot, man, he must lead. He's a spokesman. 
Nelly Cruz doesn't talk much to us, right? But I guarantee you, he is in their ear. Um, Cruz though is key. Gonzalez, he is a pro's pro. Like this guy, if if you were to just sort of mold a guy who's not a great player but a nice player, but say this guy brings intangibles, Gonzalez and Scope too. I don't think Scope gets benched because I think he and, and he he might not play as much, but I think Scope does not get benched or traded because he also brings intangibles. And in 2018, we saw it work the exact opposite way. We saw guys try and lead who couldn't lead. We saw guys who who Lance Lynn didn't like being there. We saw guys who I thought were jerks. This clubhouse is completely different, but there is an air of confidence from the free agent class that they signed that I think is extremely important. And those are guys who have been around, have won playoff series at some point in time. Some of them have. Mm -hmm. And those are guys who know exactly how to take a punch and come back and say, bleep it, that's fine. And I think that is incredibly important. But we do, we fall so in love with Brian Dozier's talking to us, so he must be a spokesman. That's not true. Cruz talks sometimes, but guess what? I guarantee you, he is constantly in their ears about things that that not the media, but the team needs to know. And I'm not not discrediting the intangibles or saying that they're they're not real. I say all the time that's that's one of the things that analytics misses is is the human element, the intangibles that you can't put in numbers. And I, I think clubhouse chemistry, team morale is is real. I think momentum is real in baseball. I told Derek that in the first hour of the show. The old slogan is your momentum is whoever is on the mound the next day. I don't think that's real. I think that a team can get rolling, start feeling themselves, and that has uh, uh, it plays a factor on the field when they go out there with that kind of confidence. But I think the intangibles on some level are a result of the tangibles. Let's let's not be naive, guys. Sure. They're a more talented baseball team this year. Yes, they have better leadership with guys like Nelson Cruz, but they know that they have a better they're surrounded, the guys who are still here, who were here in previous years, they know they're surrounded by better ball players than what they were in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think you see it especially with guys like Buxton and Sano, who the whole future of the franchise seemingly was riding on them. They were carrying that weight on their shoulders and they thought not only in individual situations, but in big picture, if I fail here, Nobody else is going to pick me up. There is no one to pick up the slack. There is no one to grab the rope if I fall down in this tug of war. Now they know. Now they now if Max Kepler strikes out to lead off an inning, he knows that Jorge Polanco, who in a lot of seasons would be in contention for AL MVP if Mike Trout wasn't doing things that are special even for Mike Trout, he knows Jorge Polanco might pick him up. He knows Nelson Cruz might pick him up if Jorge doesn't do it. He, you know what I mean? You go down the lineup and throughout the pitching staff, and I think that there is an era, first of all, a a a relaxed uh, feeling that these guys get, knowing that the whole world, that each individual situation doesn't rest solely on them. Mm-hmm. But also, there's there's that confidence that if I don't do it, somebody else will. And I think those factor into the resiliency of this baseball team. I think you see the upgrade in talent leading to the upgrade in these intangibles yeah. that, that we're talking about. No, I love that you brought up the idea of it's it's just a good ball club. Like I, I think about that a lot when we talk about how they haven't lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. On one hand, it's remarkable that if they have had a two-game losing streak, they've basically put their foot down and said, uh-uh. That's enough of that. Not today. Right. But on the other hand, it's like, well, yeah, if you're going to win two-thirds of your baseball games, it's going to be hard to lose three in a row just by math. Right. Still, 
I think both sides are true. Like, I, I don't think we should run away they from feed, that. They feed each other. And Absolutely. Agree. I think there's yeah. something on that we should bring up, at least. Rocco Baldelli has to be yes. a non-zero impact in this regard. It's the one thing that has been, uh, I don't know, blatantly obvious about Baldelli's leadership to me this year. And I'm only around the club at home. I'm not around every game. But when I am at Target Field, what I've recognized is he will never even joke about his own players. If 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 someone else throws out like a ribbing, like, oh, nice play, right? He could not be faster to run to their defense and sing their praises. Every single guy. Yep. Zach Littell gives up 96 runs in two-thirds of an inning. And he's like, oh, well, it was those were two-thirds of a really important inning for us. And that means something that as a as a player you're never going to read. As a millennial player, you're never going to read criticism in the newspaper you from your manager. Yep. And secondly, have you ever seen, maybe you have, I have never seen Rocco Baldelli's door closed. We do the media scrum in a different spot this year. We're over in the, the little dais. And then he in goes there. in and talks to Shelton. He and goes Faldi in there. Levine, yeah. He's talking to those guys. Yep. But it's an absolute open door meeting. If you were somebody who was mad. Yeah, and... and- have have you seen too his de- his desk unlike Paul's yep. is turned towards the door. That's right. Oh yeah, no, it's all done. It's all done. If you want to come smart. speak to me, it's, it's easy. Done on purpose. It's not a you don't have to knock on the boss's door. But it's I think just that this come on all in. Plays. I, I I think everything we're talking about here, you guys, plays into the the sauce of the success of this team, and that is. You get good veteran guys, and now now Rocco doesn't have to get mad because they're self policing. That's, right. That's yeah, If you get out of line, Nelson of Cruz is going to tell you, "Here's what you're going to do." Rocco doesn't need to. There's a reason why th- this team popped up and was a fun to pretty good baseball team in 17, regressed in 18 with a bad clubhouse. But we're all right here. This all goes into. What's the chemistry that makes up a successful team? And in a 162-game season that drags on forever, where you're constantly around folks who you probably like some, not all, the formula here is multiple things. Analytics is one for sure, but so is chemistry, mm-hmm. so are veterans, so, so is philosophy. I, I was told flat out, Paul, I thought, did a very good job. Like, I think he was good. But I was told flat out that part of the deal here is players, young players especially, found it difficult to identify with a Hall of Fame player who was seen as baseball deity yeah. from from an era bygone. Right. Rocco just got done playing, basically. That's not Paul's fault. But if you look at Rocco's approach, and the, and it's the zen of Rocco, basically, right? <laughs> it's a zen deal. He is. It's a zen thing. Yes. But it also involves, and, and this is this is how much baseball's changed, look at who this involves, too. Like, you would never say, Rocco is completely in charge of that team, and that's it. Decisions are all his. That's not true. Derek and Thad are involved in game day decisions as well. Derek Shelton plays a huge role. This used to be a sport where where I'll take your input, but I manage this damn team, so you're going to ultimately abide by my decision. That's now done. Nope. But yep. this is a Zen thing. The and, Zen of Rocco. And that sounds silly. No. But, I love it. But I've seen it. When 
when you do as many things as he does, and you know it's not like he does stuff and you are saying to yourself, why doesn't he answer my question? I don't like the fact he doesn't, but I know exactly why. Right. right. And Derek's right. He does not have any interest in offending player 1 through 25. Through 35. On that <laughs> roster. And he, see, and he sees no good, he sees no result that's going to be positive from ripping a player through us. And unfortunately, I think he's probably right. It's not as much fun for us, right? but I think he's probably right. Yeah, if I'm a Twins fan, I care beans about what the media thinks of Rocco Baldelli, and I care everything about what players think of Rocco Baldelli. And that's where I'm at with this. Is like at, On this side of the microphone, it's a little frustrating to get sort of quotes that kind of like walk you around the mulberry bush. Right. But as a player, if I knew that no matter how badly I screwed up, if I got myself picked off first base, if I got myself into a rundown and the run didn't score because I got tagged out too fast, a baseball sin of epic proportions, and I didn't think for a second that my manager was going to say something behind my back that he wasn't going to say to my face, I mean, I think that matters. It reminds me of the press conference when they were, I think it was when they had brought in Baldelli. And Thad Levine said something that's just stuck in my mind to this day of today's player. This is not anything you know bad about Paul. This is blah, blah, blah. They did a really good job bending over backwards to not backhandedly criticize the Hall of Famer Paul Molitor. And they shouldn't have, yeah. That's right. I, I'm a Molitor guy. The way that they said it or spun it was today's player needs sort of a different kind of management style. Could, now I'm putting words into Thad Levine's mouth, but the part that stuck out to me was today's player, today's player. And it's exactly what you just said, Judd. Managing is different in 2019 than it was in 1989. And Rocco Baldelli for 2019 strikes me as kind of this perfect blend of what you need from a manager. Everything he does or doesn't do, everything he says or doesn't say is done with intent and with an objection, an objective in mind. You're never going to catch Rocco just off the cuff saying something that he's, later he goes, oh, I wish I, had, wish I had kept that in my pocket. You know what I mean? super smart. And calculated. Yes, he's like, that's the part that sometimes I think I forget about. He's like a genius level smart, but he's also has this super high emotional intelligence to, as Mark Topkin from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, or Tampa Bay Times, told us on the Score North Twin Show, when we had him on as a guest, first of all, he called him Rockstar, R-O-C-C, so I like that. That should stick. Um, the Zen of Rocco should stick too, Judd. There's definitely some it is zen, yeah. meat on that bone. But he's also just, I, I think the the phrasing was a little bit different than this, but what Mark was basically telling us is that he's hyper empathetic. He's constantly like, he knows as I'm getting through this sentence right now, I know how Rami feels about what I'm going to say. And so I'm thinking about it in those terms. It's not something I'm capable of doing, by the way, I should throw that out there. I am not as emotionally intelligent as Rocco Baldelli. I think few people are, but it's something that I've noticed from being around him just a little bit. I think just thoughtful. It strikes me as, yeah, he's he's, he's thoughtful. Really thoughtful. He is he's empathetic and he might also just be genius level smart but he's, too. But he's perfect cuz he he's a a kid who was a superstar athlete growing up, became a big league player and had his career yanked from under him by a sort of mysterious disease. Mm. Like it's the perfect combination of a guy who totally gets how his best players are thinking, but then he also understands the frustration and struggle of guy twenty five. That's right. Like he's he of is guy thirty. He's seen it all. Yeah, his career. He he was a really good baseball player, and then you know was basically chased from the sport through no fault of his own. And so yeah, I, I mean I, I don't know 
his intelligence IQ that, but I do know the fact that if you watch him in press conferences, he's got a ability which is very tough, which is process the question very quickly and think about the question as as the words are coming out of your mouth. And that's something in sports some guys have, uh-huh. a lot of guys don't have. <laughs> that's right. Being being actually because there have been times where I've seen him come to a line and he just won't cross it. And That's you right. can tell he's there. And you can tell that probably when, when he goes in the clubhouse and his office and talks to Derek Shelton, that he will cross that line sure. there perhaps. But we're not going to get that. No. We're not getting that. Which is, I'm which fine again, with it. Totally which, fine with which it. Which again, from a player's standpoint in 2019, and this is probably true in uh, basketball as well, hockey to a certain degree, is probably very smart because there's a lot of guys who can't process it and there's still guys that don't care. And that is probably when, when you're dealing with a 25-year-old now who was raised in the envi- environment that kids are, especially if they were star athletes, yeah, sort of can't take it. Right. You know, 1965, you could take it. Had to. 1985, you could take it. Right. 2019, I could lose you. And by the way, if I do, guess what? I'm getting fired. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. I know there's somebody in his car going, yeah, kids today are soft. No, they're just different. Every generation is just different from the previous generation. But if and they so are soft, guess to, what? you got, you got to reach them. Yeah. Like, I, like, right. I am that softer, person might be right. I am softer than somebody in the same like road 20 years my senior. Flat out. I'm softer. However, I still have something to offer. And in Rocco's case... Max Kepler, uh, Byron Buxton, Buxton, Mitch Garver. Byron Buxton's the one. He is empowered. Buxton came to camp mad, but if Rocco had ridden him, he's gonna. That's gonna go downhill quickly. Think about that. Byron Buxton has remained, and I wish he would quit getting hurt. But Byron Buxton has remained empowered the entire time, and that's not just him. Despite batting ninth every day, right? But it's the smartest thing the Twins could do. Because it empowers him. Mm-hmm. We might be softer. Aziz Ansari, I just watched his latest Netflix special, yeah. and he has a great joke. I'm not even going to try to recreate it about if this generation was drafted into World War II oh my gosh. and how, and how they know. would react. Or yeah, I'd collapse. I'm dying at 50. <laughs> Forget this generation. I couldn't have done that. we got to hit a quick break, and we will wrap up the Score North First Place Twins show live from Bowman, Minnesota. The land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number is 65. Right after this on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. It is uh, 150. Manny Hill here with you. And, uh, well, we do carry soccer here on this uh, station here in AM 1500 and Score North, scorenorth.com, that wonderful Score North mobile app. We are your home for Minnesota United soccer. And in case you missed Saturday's game, Ziegler just poised, waiting, waiting for the whistle. Ziegler approaches, Ziegler shot, save by Vino! Manone with the save! Are you kidding me? Oh my word! Yeah, that's the voice of Dan Terhar on the call. United beats FC Dallas 1-0. They're now sitting at third in the West, and uh, you can join Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar this Saturday night for Scornos coverage of United versus Real Salt Lake. Pre-game 8.30, kickoff at 9 right here on Score North. Let's return to the Score North 
first place twin show and wrap things up. Live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Magic number is 65. I'm Rami. There's Derek, our twins reporter, Judd Zolgad. You'll hear him along with me on Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up today at 4 o'clock. And you can read both of these fine gentlemen's fine thoughts on the Minnesota Twins or at scorenorth.com or on the Score North mobile app because it's your one-stop shop for all written content from Score North. You can also stream us live. The more you do that, the more points you rack up to win cool things from us because we love you. You can download and subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us those sweet, sweet five-star ratings and leave your comments, please. Five fine thoughts, maybe, but you said fine gentlemen, too, and I feel like that's probably just a slip of the tongue. I'm Did just trying really? to. I'm just, really said, I'm just trying to paint you guys in a positive picture. No, Read fine thoughts from these fine gentlemen. No. I think that's a stretch for both of us, Judd. Judd gave me a good dinner recommendation to take my parents last night. Okay, so well there you go. That's be, pretty fine. Well, I might be your pal, but I'm not a gentleman. <laughs> that's a long way. That's a long leap. <laughs> a few minutes here uh, left in the show, and uh, just enough time to go over some roster and some injury updates. Sure. I don't know that we've seen anything about CJ Crone, have we? Terms of his progress, no. The only thing I heard uh, on the Fox Sports North telecast yesterday is that he's close. But the Twins tell you everybody's close. Yep, that's that's constant. sort of their their way. So, not really. I, okay. I haven't How's seen that? his. I don't know if he's even swinging against live pitching. I haven't seen I that know. update yet. I mean, I've been looking for it. I've been watching for Bramer it. Bramer just said he's close, but the Twins' whole thing is that guys are always close. You know what? I, if I had to rank them, and this is just from my couch. This is not figuring out when they're going to be back, but I think Eddie Rosario is probably back first, CJ Crone after that, and possibly Byron Buxton. They keep saying later. Rosario is getting better, improving, he's running. They, I During the All-Star break, they were saying he could be activated by Friday for Game 1 of that Indian series. Obviously, that didn't happen. No. I would expect, though, some sometime this week, I think right? tomorrow. Tomorrow? I think, I think so, tomorrow. too. Give them the off day. They will... They will Always be cautious, yep. right? And which I might on, be fine, but they will always be cautious, especially with this kind of lead. I, on MLB.com, they said he went through the full gamut, basically of pregame. So that's probably hitting, running, fielding, throwing. If he ran the bases, probably tomorrow. That would be that would be my expectation there too. Buxton is the one, obviously. This is no shocker, not a red letter headline. Buxton is the one that worries me right now. Have they said exactly what it what it is with Byron no. Buxton? No, no they're just being they cautious, and they won't say concussion. Until absolutely, my my guess is so. Um, they, they reported on Fox Sports North on Sunday's telecast that he was told to sleep in as long as possible. That worried and he me. He was on his way to the ballpark late and then got treatment, which means that my guess is is right after it happened on Saturday, he wasn't diagnosed with a concussion. But they will then wait and see because concussions can come up a day or two after. And so my guess is that Sunday and Monday were absolutely key to, to find out. Is this a concussion? If nothing else, you guys, it's a whiplash case. Yeah, I mean, that's... The way start... his head spiked, everything about that play made you sort of sick. By the way, a f- another fantastic catch yeah. for Byron Buxton. If he, if he plays a full amazing. season, he's winning a gold glove again. And I have I have no rant on this particular one because I don't know how you stop this no, one. No, it's just... Like the fence, I can tell you, don't crash, don't initiate this contact. This is just hard charging. But can you really tell a guy, boy, you know, you didn't dive exactly the right... I, I suppose you can work on that. He has but, this savant nature, though, where yeah, like he's going to go get the route, he's going to be fast enough to outrun it, and he's going to go catch that ball that 99% of other major league outfielders oh, don't catch. It's not just you or me or Rami no. or Manny that doesn't catch that. Who catches that ball? Kiermaier, Pilar... Jackie Bradley Jr. Jackie Bradley Jr. And, yeah. and Byron Buxton. And that's it. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. you can't, to your point, Judd, rein this in. And I was 
I mean, alarmed is maybe not the right word, but I was like, it definitely set off warning bells when they said on the telecast. Uh, now, granted, the twins are being as forthright as they can with whatever. I'm, I'm sure that they're not trying to like hide the truth, but to say painted in such a positive light of like, oh, no big deal. He's probably okay. Just kind of taking today off as a quote precaution. Yeah. And then they said, yeah, so the the head athletic trainer just had him sleep in today. Don't show up for yeah. pregame. That's, just, not a, that's not a rib. That's not a bruised rib when you're sleeping in as long as possible. Like, right. you don't let guys sleep in through a hangover, but now he's gone, you know, off of this. Aren't you not supposed to sleep after a concussion, by the way? Uh, you're not supposed to, like, extended sleep. You should be waking up every once in a okay. while to make sure that nothing's wrong. All right. I don't... I'm not a doctor. Not to question their team doctors. Tony Leo knows exactly what he's doing, and for him to ask Buxton to not come to the park before, that was just a red flag for My guess is today or tomorrow we'll get a press release saying that he has been put on the seven-day IL concussion list. Mm. That's my guess. I, I, and then they'll just backdate it to Sunday. I didn't even spot for Rosario. I didn't even yeah. notice his head hitting the ground, watching it in full speed, real time. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was just. And this is what they said on on the broadcast. I don't remember if it was Bramer or Morris. They were like, "Looks like he knocked the wind out of himself there. He's going to need a minute." And it was much more than knocking the wind out of himself. It was sort of you said it during the break, Judd. It was kind of a you usually see this when a guy falls backwards, sure. but it was that whiplash effect of your head being the last thing to hit the ground with oh. all your body weight. Sort of, and your neck whips right back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just kind of cringe when I see it. And for the twins, small picture, and for Buxton, you hope Buxton's okay. He's right. put together a nice season. He trailed off a little bit recently, wrist injury. Now possible head injury. Not sure exactly what this one is. They haven't said it yet. Bigger picture, if you're the twins, once you get past the being concerned about the human, Byron, the right. person, yeah. You also you have to be a little concerned. You just lost your center fielder, a guy who goes and gets oh every single double hit into the gaps. He changes the way this team looks yeah. defensively, and that's going to be that's that's as we've seen, pretty tough to and, replace. And Kepler's a nice player. He's nice. out there, but very very few human beings on this planet are Byron Buxton center field. Different outfield when you got those three guys healthy Absolutely. and swinging it. This has been the Score North first place Twins show live from Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 ranks. Magic number down to 65. If you missed any portion of this show, check it out at scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. For Derek, Manny, and uh, Judd Zolgad, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon.